recording is an offering of Networks for Training and Development's online university. Welcome to Networks for Training and Development's podcast on disability etiquette. I'm so excited to introduce you to Suzanne Erb. Suzanne has lots of experience around disability etiquette and has a lot to share with you today. Suzanne? Hi, Michelle. I'm really glad to be here today. Um, this is another topic that's really near and dear to me as someone who is blind in terms of self-disclosure and who's been blind since birth, I've been dealing with disability etiquette and not so good disability etiquette all my life. I'd like to share my perspective on that with you today. Great. So my first question is, why is disability etiquette important for people with disabilities, for employers? for employment support professionals. Why do we need to know this? It's really important for you to know this because it makes everything easier. You know, etiquette, rules of etiquette have come down through the ages and, and they sort of are like social glue that sort of keeps things together. In terms of disability etiquette, we've really developed some do's and don'ts and things that really maybe in the last century or, or so, less than a century, we've decided as, as a society and as people with disabilities and professionals in the field that these things can make it easier for people on the job. They can make it easier for us as professionals because we sort of have a like a code of things and it also makes it easier for employers because we can show employers how to uh, facilitate work life for people with disabilities, as well as customers, people who might be employees, people who might be customers. And this even, so it doesn't just impact employer-employee relationships, it impacts, you know, customer relations, uh, and and every everyday interactions with people. So that's why these things are, are very important. Totally agree. So I wanted to spend the remainder of our time together to talk about some important considerations around specific disabilities, because sometimes people just aren't sure what is the right etiquette, you know, around a person who uses a wheelchair, for example. But let's start with people with intellectual disabilities. What, what are some important considerations around etiquette that we need to think about? Well, first of all, um, whatever you do, treat people with respect no matter who they are. And if you're not sure what to do in any particular situation, ask. I would say try to make sure that you keep concepts understandable, make sure that the things that you're trying to show, uh, explain or ask them to do. For example, if you're uh, an employer, if you're their boss and you're giving them examples of what you want them to do, make sure that you're using language that's easy to understand. And also it's a good idea to show them what you want them to do and maybe even put pictures up so that they have a, something that they can refer to. It, it's also important to make sure that you give them a chance to express their feelings about things and, and also what they believe their, their tasks are so that 
you can be sure that they actually understand what you're trying to say and definitely be open and answer their questions and be patient and realize that it might take them a little bit longer to understand what you want them to do, but that they can definitely do it. Wonderful. Thanks. So how about people who have mental health disabilities? What are some considerations? Well, remember, remember that, that people with mental health uh, disabilities have been uh, ostracized through down through the ages. And so this is something that people might not want to disclose and might feel uncomfortable but if they do disclose it and if they you know they they might need to take breaks when when they need to as opposed to certain times of the day so there might be some scheduling things to consider they might need to be in a place that's that's quiet and you know, if they make very specific requests, honor them. They're not doing it because they feel like it. They're doing it because they need it in order to function. Some people may ask for uh, flex time. Some people may ask for, you know, some other, you know, um, time to go to appointments if, if they need to see a mental health professional at a certain time each week or whatever, then they, they need to have permission to do that. Those are some of the things to keep in mind. How about people who have communication disabilities? Okay, well, that's communication disabilities can result from lots of things. People may have had strokes or other kinds of brain injuries, or they may be unable to speak because, because of many reasons. That doesn't mean they can't make their needs, wants, and feelings known. It just means that maybe they might do it in a different way. Some people might want to use some kind of communication board where they where they um, can point to pictures. Some people might use more advanced systems called, you know, AAC devices. Some people might just read and write, and maybe that, that works for them. But whatever you do, don't rush them. Don't try to complete sentences for them. Give them a chance to say what they want to say, because first of all, it might be completely different from what you think they're trying to say. And also make sure that you understand them. Like, for example, you might rephrase something that they said and say, did I get that right? And so that's really important to do. Make sure that you really understand and don't say that you understand, I mean, that even if you don't, because that's not fair to them. They have a right to be heard and understood. Absolutely. How about people with physical disabilities? Well, people with physical disabilities can, that, that can impact in many ways. Some people use wheelchairs. Some people use canes or crutches for walking. Some people may have difficulty using arms or legs or may not even have arms or legs. And 
but that doesn't have anything to do with what they can or can't do for that particular job. Whatever you do, don't patronize them. And if they're using a wheelchair, make sure you don't don't touch the wheelchair or any other kind of ambulation device like canes or crutches or what have you. There, those devices and any kind of assistive technology for that matter, belong to the person and are sort of appendages to to who they are and, and their their property. Right. Um, so for example, don't put hang things on somebody's wheelchair. Don't use their wheelchair to lean against. And if you if you want to go by the person who's in a wheelchair, don't just sort of push it. Never just sort of push it because that could throw the person who's using the wheelchair off balance and don't don't pat their head and 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 you know just sort of treat them with disrespect it it seems like common sense but sometimes people don't always think yeah you know and then combining people who have intellectual disabilities with a physical disability or multiple disabilities and sometimes that gets even more confusing for people and that's yep. where you, some unusual things happen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind Absolutely. of being aware of what, you know, treat people as people, right? Exactly. So how about people who are deaf or hard of hearing? And well, people who are deaf or hard of hearing have an especially difficult time right now during the pandemic. And this is, we're recording this in uh, the early part of 2022, just to give you some a frame of reference. Um, because some people who are deaf or hard or who are hard of hearing or deaf may use lip reading and that's impossible to do when you're wearing a mask. And I'm not talking about the deaf person wearing a mask that makes it easier. I'm talking about the general public. I think it would be great if everybody wore masks that were transparent so that maybe the person who is deaf could see a little bit better. It's very difficult and uh, for somebody who is deaf during these times. And be willing to read and write if, if that is preferable for the person who's deaf or hard of hearing. And ask them which is the best way for them to communicate and that's always always important and whatever you do don't speak to or through the interpreter in in that you know don't look at the interpreter look at the person who is deaf because that's the person who you're trying to speak with and the interpreter is merely there to interpret for the person what you're saying they're more of a translator. And so you want to make sure that you are looking directly at the person who is deaf or hard of hearing. Sometimes people who are deaf and hard of hearing have trouble with someone who has a, a mustache of some kind or a beard or something that uh, some any kind of facial hair that obstru- obstructs their their face. And don't speak in a loud voice speak in a normal tone of voice try to work in a way that makes it easiest for that person some people speak asl but not everyone does and don't make assumptions about 
the best way for the person to communicate with you and for you to communicate with them. And if they request a sign language interpretation, really honor that and respect that because they do need that in order to communicate and to understand what you're trying to say. Absolutely. And it is a reasonable accommodation to ask for a sign language interpreter. Yep. Okay. And one last disability for people who are blind or have low vision. What is some disability etiquette from your perspective? Oh, okay. From my perspective, always ask the person what is the best way for you to assist them if they need assistance. And and just like for everyone else, don't don't assume that they need help because actually sometimes if you assume they need help and you grab them or something that might actually throw them off balance and so if you if you feel that for example if you're standing at a street corner and you see a blind person start to cross and you don't think it's safe ask if you can assist them and and they'll let you know whether or not they need your assistance you know granted there there might be a situation where there's a car coming and you know th this might uh really impact their ability to cry i mean you know if you think that there's going to be an accident waiting to happen that's one thing but generally speaking it's always just good policy to ask if you're guiding a blind person generally i would say it's best to stand just a little bit in front of them and let them take your arm so that they can feel where you're going rather than you coming behind them and sort of pushing them and and sort of grabbing them that can actually put a blind person off balance and I was actually getting on a train one time and somebody grabbed me. They thought they were helping me. And I wound up putting my whole leg under, underneath the, between the train platform and the train. Uh, and yeah. So really be careful about that. Also, if you're giving change, make sure that, that you let the person know what the bills are, especially bills, because that's very difficult and if you're going to give them coins and dollar in you know in bills in the same transaction give them the change first so that the change doesn't fall off the bills and that that can happen very easily and and there are some other other tips too but i think those are a few good ones to get started mm -hmm. and one other thing i'd like to talk about is um, since we're on the topic of people who are blind, and this is true for all service animals, don't, whatever you do, don't pet uh, service animals. They, again, they're, they're, they're not assistive technology because they're animals, but they're, they belong to that person. And if you, if you touch a service animal, you could really distract the animal because after all, they're only people. And actually one of the biggest compliments that you can pay to a service animal of any kind, whether it's um, a, a dog guide or uh, 
an assistance animal of any other sort is to not pay attention to them. Because by not paying attention to them, you're acknowledging their job and you're, you're respecting them as professionals, which is what they are. In addition to being dogs, they're professionals. Wow. Lots of great information, Suzanne. And what you say about the service animals, I think we can all probably relate to times where we've seen an adorable dog out there, you know, and it's no, <laughs> yep. don't, don't be offended if that, you know, if that owner says, please don't pet my dog. Yep. <laughs> you know, it, it, they're working, right? Exactly. Right. Well, thank you so much for this great conversation around disability etiquette. Um, if you are um, listening to this podcast as part of Network's Acre SE 101 course, please be sure to watch the disability etiquette video that will accompany this podcast. Thanks again, Suzanne, and I look forward to future conversations. You bet. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you for listening. We hope the information provided was helpful. Don't forget to stop by our website and take advantage of all we have to offer. Thank you.